the training and the structure that we have in place allows our teams to feel more confident in doing their jobs. And I think anybody can agree that being confident in what you're doing helps you be tremendously successful. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Multifamily. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and today you're hearing from WPM. I had an amazing conversation with Rebecca Smith and Brent Gratton. They represent marketing and leasing at WPM, a 25,000-unit owner-operator out of the East Coast. It was so fun for me to really roll up my sleeves and to talk through the nitty-gritty with them. They have such a cool, integrated approach of how they blend marketing and leasing strategy to maximize their investment in marketing and to make sure that no lead goes untouched. It was a fun conversation. I think you'll learn a lot in this one. Let's get into it. All right, Becky and Brent, thank you a ton for joining today. I'm really excited about today's conversation. And I think to get things started, it'd be nice to start off with just a brief introduction, overview, and background. So Becky, why don't we kick off with you and then we'll have Brent follow. Sure. So I am, my name is Rebecca Smith and I'm a senior leasing manager for WPM Real Estate Management. I started off in this business fresh out of college and fittingly, my very first role in property management was a leasing consultant position at a lease up in downtown Baltimore. And that's kind of how my niche in this market got started. Uh, For the last six years, I've worked for WPM um, and specifically my expertise is in lease-ups and transitions, training, and more recently, I've been able to dabble a little bit in business development. Awesome. Thank you. All right. And I am Brent Gratton. I am the Director of Multimedia Marketing and Communications for WPM Real Estate Management. I've been with the company for nine years now. I did start my career as a leasing specialist and started my career with WPM as an assistant property manager for one of our workforce housing uh, communities and worked my way up from there to marketing director. That's great. Well, thank you for the the overview. Uh, I want to kick today off with, you know, kind of a, a high level discussion of the the business that you're running and your approach to marketing but leasing as well. I think Becky, you have such a unique perspective with that focus and expertise in leasing and Brent being in the the role for quite some time and then the organization you've obviously navigated a lot of different, you know, aspects within the business. And one of the things that we hear about many times, whether it's from on-site teams or regionals, is that we need more leads. And one of the things that really caught my attention when we first spoke a few weeks ago was that you have such a blended and integrated approach to marketing as well as leasing and making sure that you're looking at things holistically and a little bit more strategically. So Brent, I'd love just to start with you. What are some of those key programs and aspects at WPM that that you all are focused on to make sure that you're keeping a a balanced approach to marketing and leasing? So I think from a global perspective, I think it's important to speak to WPM's culture first. And we believe strongly that it is our people that make the difference. In fact, we we joke that WPM stands for where people matter. And our leasing specialists are what we consider our front line. And we think that they are a huge part of our success. And we devote a lot of resources to them accordingly. One of the things that we have implemented is a training 
program called Leasing Academy for our leasing specialists. And Leasing Academy is a, an entire year's worth of programming that starts from a leasing specialist onboarding and then all year long so that we are having at least one touch a month with some type of training, whether it's a webinar, whether it is a guest speaker coming um, from either an industry expert or a specific topic subject matter expert. This is something that we believe strongly in to make sure that our leasing folks not only get the training, but understand that we are dedicated to their success because we feel so strongly about their importance. In addition to Leasing Academy, we also have a specific sales program that we have designed for our leasing specialists called customer-focused selling. And this walks them through the, the process of turning a prospective resident into a resident and beyond and talks about things that we think are important, such as you know, just one of the examples is celebrating the arrival of a prospective resident. We want all of our leasing specialists to acknowledge someone when they come in, stand, smile, greet them. That first impression is extremely important. Uh, and so that program is dedicated entirely to the sales process, and it is just for leasing specialists. And then we have a bunch of other things. We do leasing Olympics once a year, which is a one-day Everybody in the company comes together to celebrate our leasing specialists and they do leasing challenges. And these are not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a fun day and the winner walks away with a $2,500 travel voucher. So I think the commitment to our frontline leasing specialists is pretty evident from us and to them uh, from just a global perspective with how important we think they are. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's going to really catch some ears and attention for anyone listening. And I'm curious, especially as we look at the leasing academy, is that a, a team approach to designing that and managing it? Or is that a you know singular person in-house that's responsible for it? That sounds like a big, big effort, especially considering the size of your portfolio. It is. We have a, a committee, an internal committee that I am the chairperson of, that also includes Rebecca and property managers, leasing specialists, regional property managers. And we all come together uh, once a month and put together not only the content for Leasing Academy, but we map out Leasing Olympics. The customer-focused selling is under that umbrella as well. So it's a sort of, it takes the village approach. We definitely need uh, all hands on deck uh, for that effort. Becky, on the the leasing side of the house, as you talk through that in-house sales process, which I'm really curious to hear more about, what kind of feedback do you get from frontline leasing agents and community managers as you have so much structure and discipline? I, I think that's really a unique component that WPM sounds like they have compared to many other third-party managers that I've talked to. Yeah, I think the um, training and the strategies that we put in place help our teams feel more confident and therefore they perform better. Even though we plan out a year in advance our leasing academy, we do leave a level of flexibility for things that are that come up that are relevant. So for example, this last year, we had to kind of shift the focus into doing training that was geared towards virtual leasing. So we you know, get feedback from the committee, but we also survey all of the um, teams after they do the training sessions to see if they found it valuable or if there was something else that they want the next training to focus on. 
And then again, we get the ARC, the regional property managers involved. But through the, the, the marketing and training committee, we've developed other structures and systems that help us be successful. So Brent mentioned customer-focused selling and leasing academy and leasing Olympics. But we've also developed a website audit. So on a monthly basis, our teams audit their websites. They audit their competitors' websites. We also have the Stellar Leasing Club. Uh, people that pass uh, their shops, they're added to a Stellar Leasing Club. And it's something that a lot of our teams aspire to be a part of. Uh, and then we also do something called an OAR call. So it's an occupancy action roundtable call, which we do on a, a bi-weekly basis. So it's a really proactive approach to leasing and occupancy and operations. We've also implemented some follow-up guidelines. Um, so a lot of our strategy is more based on investing in our teams rather than throwing out money at things that we're not confident are going to give us a return on the investment. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's such an interesting and thoughtful approach to a holistic experience. And I'm not sure who's best suited to kind of take the first pass on this one, but one of the things we mentioned, you, we talked through a few weeks back was the follow-up guidelines that WPM has in place. And as we talk through this like balance, if you will, between marketing and leasing, you know, from a technical perspective, we see it all the time. You, you spend all this money to generate leads through marketing. And then on the sales side, they get one touch, then they go dormant. And from a follow-up standpoint, what an opportunity to warm up leads and to keep that funnel moving without having to spend more in marketing. But from a follow-up guidelines, I'd love to hear from you on on what that looks like, especially with whatever you're comfortable sharing with this audience. Um, I think I'll I'll start and then Becky can fill in the holes. Uh, You know, and and this is near and dear to both of our hearts because we, you know, co-wrote these guidelines based on real-world statistics, WPM-specific information that we had looked at and, you know, gone over. Uh, so from, from a global perspective, as the marketing director, whenever there's a vacancy issue, you are correct. The first thing usually a property manager or a leasing specialist says is we don't have enough leads. And so I uh, have made it a regular part of our reporting to put forth reports that show exactly how many leads each property is getting on a regular basis and sort of keeping in mind also a running total to show that on a consistent and regular basis, you're getting leads and then looking at the follow-up. So how often are we following up? How quickly are we following up? And then we develop checks and balances. We follow the, the sort of paradigm that is trust but verify. So we expect that our leads will be followed up with either immediately or within two hours. And that is a part of the the follow-up guidelines. We expect that during the first week, uh, a lead will be followed up on at least five times and and daily. And Becky can probably speak, uh, you know, more intelligently about the specifics and how those are applied, but those are generally the guidelines uh, that we put first and foremost, which is follow up immediately and often. Anything to add, Becky? Yeah, I think aside from just like implementing the guidelines, it helps the teams understand what the goal of follow up is. I think a lot of times it's a box that's checked, like, hey, I followed up with this person. But we really instill in our teams that what you're trying to do is get in contact with this person to find out what they're interested in so that you can close on them and you can win that sale. Another part of the guidelines that I think is really important is that we ask the teams to schedule a nine-month follow-up 
before they get a lead that tells them they rented elsewhere or they're no longer interested. Um, and what we've seen is that that's allowed us to recapture people nine months later due to an experience that they had at a competitor that was, you know, lackluster or it, it allows us another opportunity to touch base with them. So let's talk about the application of this in the real world. Becky, I know you're just coming off of being on site leasing up a new property and we've talked through, you know, high level, some of the specific strategies and playbooks that you all have in place at WPM. Coming back from leasing up a new property during a pandemic, what did that look like? That's probably the most broad question ever, but I'd love to hear from you on what that, that experience was like and how it went, especially with this playbook. Yeah, so you left out another big point, which is that it was not only during a pandemic, but it was also in a brand new market. So WPM uh, recently expanded south and we uh, got our first lease up in Richmond, Virginia last April. So by opening, we had 27 units released. And I would say that the age-old WPM approach to just maximizing what we already had in place was certainly the key to our success. So uh, recorded video tours is something that the industry has been doing for years. Virtual live tours using Google Duo. So we didn't necessarily run out and invest in really expensive virtual tour platforms because we knew we already had things at our fingertips that were just as useful. We really pushed our ratings and reviews program. So that's something that WPM has developed internally. And we, before we even opened the property, we had five plus reviews on Google, which really helped with our SEO. And then another tech that we already have that we just better utilize was Entrada's live answering service. So as a little follow-up at this point, the team has still been able to maintain a five-star online reputation. They recently won a social media mayhem contest, which was internal. And the property is currently sitting at about 70% occupancy with being less than 12 months into the project. Wow. That feels pretty stellar, especially since I had forgotten the uh, specific component <laughs> of it being a new market. And is there a point in time where you and Brent like decide that it's time to come back home? Like, is it a subjective kind of feeling that like this property, you know, has the right process and adoption of the technology and the strategy, or is it a preset amount of time that you're going out, out to really play that role of, of onsite expert and, and training and ramping up the team? That to me feels like it'd be very uh, anxiety ridden, like leaving that property in that new market. But what does that look like in terms of when it's time to come back home? I think that we go into each project with a specific plan. However, there will be the need for flexibility. And especially in this case, with the pandemic and with, you know, Becky's planned departure was around the holidays we came together, we put our heads together and said, does this make sense? Does the owner feel comfortable? Are we comfortable? Do we feel like everything has been done in our power to set the community up for success? And ultimately we made the decision to move the, the transition further along and, and leave Becky in place longer. Uh, and I think that's probably the formula moving forward is that uh, as the lease up manager, Becky's feedback, as well as the situation at the ground level, I think, you know, will kind of help us determine what's the best plan of action. That that makes a ton of sense. I have to assume there's a little bit of, you know, blending 
plan with gut to make sure that the time feels right. And Becky, when you're when you're on site with a new team, especially in this new market, what kind of feedback do you hear from the team when you're rolling out so much structure and process for them with enablement, with this ongoing sales academy, with a really focused sales process? What kind of things do you hear from a, a team that's working with your organization for the first time? Yeah, I think that the training and the structure that we have in place allows our teams to feel more confident in doing their jobs. And I think anybody can agree that being confident in what you're doing helps you be tremendously successful. So I think in terms of that particular project and and every team that we have here at WPM, we invest in, in the training and we constantly get feedback from our teams on how the training and the structure can be improved so that we continue to move forward being successful. And I think Becky's being a little bit humble But the truth of the matter is that WPM has been voted a top workplace by our associates for nine years running. So I think a survey that associates are anonymous and can, you know, really kind of give us feedback and rate us and having been voted a top workplace uh, nine years in a row, I think speaks volumes to the kind of culture that we have here at WPM and the uh, sort of investment in our associates. I think that's the ultimate feedback. <laughs> Could not agree more. I think that's the hugest acknowledgement and accolade that there is. That's awesome. Congratulations. So we've talked a ton today about the strategy side of the house, and it sounds like there is a lot to cover there. But one of the things that I'm personally super interested in and, and passionate about is the the technology side of the industry. Becky, you hit on you know the live answering service and, and some of the benefits that that's played for the business. Your approach to, to virtual leasing, which has certainly been a big thing that I think a lot of the industries had to like hurry up and, and catch up to over the past 12 months. But how do you all find a balance between when to invest in technology and, and pay for technology versus when to lean on strategy and to use that as kind of the, the lever to pull on? And, and I could reframe that question if it doesn't totally land or make sense. I think our success is built on the balance that we have between technology and strategy. And we'll both be totally honest, we're certainly not early adopters when it comes to technology. And that's just how WPM has operated. And that's how we've built our success. So we usually will, if there's a product that strikes Brent or I as something unique and useful, we usually will demo the product at a handful of properties before we would consider rolling it out. And that allows us to get feedback from the team, from the residents, and from our clients about whether this is accomplishing the goal that it was intended to or not. And what we find is that that you know, allows us to be more efficient with our time and our money. Brent, are there are there any kind of key technologies that you find yourself leaning on to to drive the business and to look more more globally at, at what's working, what's not? I mean, you hear a lot about the importance of CRM, obviously, in this role, and um, I think we're we're hearing more about business intelligence, BI software, whether it's homegrown and being built or being purchased. But I'd be curious to hear from you if there's anything specifically that you lean on, especially as you continue to scale the business. Well, I think, um, you know, we sometimes forget uh, because it is, um, it's, it's our across-the-board software, but Entrada is our property management software, and we use that for front of the house and back of the house. And what I find extremely important and valuable about Entrada is that 
while they are, you know, younger in the industry, they're certainly not the, you know, the sort of the biggest player and, the, and, you know, some might say they're not the best player either, but what's good about them is that they are growing and they are trying to define what offerings they will provide based on real-time feedback. So if there's something that we need, they are certainly willing to build it and they're certainly willing to work with us to get it right. And so I think having that kind of partnership is important. But from a global perspective, they have been extremely helpful in bringing to the table things that the industry is adopting. So, you know, the, the artificial intelligence, the bots, the chat features, the, you know, just those sort of industry standards that are, are becoming a part of what we do every day are extremely important. I think from my perspective, what I'm looking at now is additional ways to engage our residents and leverage that for, uh, for both sides of the house to, to enhance our ability to attract prospective residents as well as retain existing residents. So recently we looked at some gamification options, also some programs that offer the ability for existing residents to uh, sort of be our stomping post or, or our marketing right on the front of the website. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely look and we watch and we think about how it could work with WPM and whether it makes sense, but we're certainly not a try everything or try early as soon as it comes out kind of organization. And I think that has given us a unique perspective. Some people might say, well, you're not leading the charge, but I also feel like that gives us the ability to sit back get real world results, get specific statistics and, uh, you know, make our decisions educated. I, I think, I mean, with what both of you said is, is super smart and actually in my mind, pretty progressive. Cause I think that default to throwing money at a problem or investing in something early before you have a real business application for it can create risk. I mean, nothing is worse than purchasing software, a technology or a new partnership, and then having it get dusty because you didn't touch it. And in my experience, you know, putting a little bit of elbow grease and sweat equity into getting something started, even if it's manual and scrappy first, can really show you, make, man, there's so much value here. I, I've seen customers and friends in, in the industry, you know, rather than right out of the gate investing in self-guided touring, setting a manual lock and, and changing the combination every day. And if it got good feedback from prospects, then making the leap towards investing in a, a technology like that. So I think what you're talking about is actually really smart. And it's a really nice way to also make sure that you're both being a good steward of, you know, WPM and investors dollars, which I think also really matters in this day and age. Absolutely. So you're, you're a, a good size operator. Your website says 25,000 units and Becky's coming back from leasing up with a lot of success, a new property in a new market, Richmond, Virginia. Are there any other new markets that you're looking to really make a splash in over the coming year or two? Or what does the growth plan look like for WPM? So we are actually kind of growing in a couple different directions. So our largest footprint is our hometown, Baltimore. But we've also got a great presence in Pennsylvania. We are breaking ground on a project in Wilmington, Delaware. But specifically, our Mid-South division, which started in Richmond, is also targeting North and South Carolina. So those are markets where we see a lot of growth opportunity, and we're excited to see what kind of 
talented new players we can bring to our team. That's amazing. As you think through, you know, being at the table, talking to current clients and future clients, hearing all of the feedback from you, I can kind of already start to assemble what that pitch must look like and what some of those key features and standouts look like when you put that WPM, you know, stamp on when you're, you're talking about your business and your approach, but are there any kind of succinct key highlights that you want to share here for anyone listening in terms of what helps WPM stand out in this marketplace, especially as you think through that really focused growth plan in the future? Yeah, I would say we think like owners because we are owners. Our portfolio consists of owned properties that we also manage, but it also consists of about half or more of third-party managed communities. And that evolution came because clients and friends of clients saw that we managed our property so well, they asked if we could do it for them. So if there are any developers or owners listening, what I would say about WPM is that uh, we are extremely agile. We are not a a top-heavy organization. We have the ability to make decisions and manage your asset as if it were our own. And we treat it like it's our own. When we manage a community, we treat it like it's our own, whether it's a third-party managed community or not. And, you know, I think our agility, our marketing approach, as you mentioned earlier, we don't throw money at a problem. We look at what's causing the problem and we correct it as efficiently as we possibly can without spending a lot of dollars because we know that there are other ways to correct it. And, you know, our operational approach, I think, even for stabilized communities is a little bit different as well because our philosophy is that the person and the people who are closest to the asset, so the manager, uh, the, the regional property manager and the property manager should be leading the charge and making the decisions for the asset that they're managing because they know it best. So I think that we are a real partner when it comes to third-party management and we're a partner that understands what your goals are because we want to know them so that we can exceed them. WPM equals where people matter. I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> that was a that was a really nice summary. Thank you. As we look to close, I'm just curious if there's any specific topic or question that you hoped I would have asked or an area that you wish we would have taken the conversation just to make sure that you feel like you got kind of the preparation and, and ideas out there today on the recording. I think that my passion for training and lease-ups and marketing, I think we touched on a lot of it here. I definitely think that the focus that we put on our teams is the reason why I've been successful with WPM and the reason why I'm still here. And I think that would be the same said about a lot of our associates. I mean, our teams are market experts, they're property experts. Our team consists of a number of associates who have credentials. So We're definitely people who are bought into the industry. I think we had a question for you. So based on regions, because we know you're on the other side of the country, um, do you see that there are trends in different areas that lean more towards strategy versus technology? I do. And and I think, you know, there, there are so many different sizes and shapes of organizations today 
companies that are exclusively third-party managers, and it's what they do best. And last week at NMHC Annual, they were the ones that had the really high-end suite, and it was just a fun revolving door of ownerships coming through to get that message of what makes that operator stand out. You then have the really fun blend of owner operators that are, you know, doing both. Brent, like you said, you know that we are owners, but we're also operators too. And then I think that, you know, you're seeing the pure investor side where they're just looking to maximize on the current kind of dynamics of the market, historically low cap rates. And I would say that regionally, especially over the past 14, 15 months in this pandemic, Becky, we've seen a lot of different types of technology being adopted based on some of the more like legislation driven impacts based on everything that's gone on, whether that is some of the eviction moratoriums or COVID restrictions in a given community. So some states that were early to open back up didn't adopt near the technology or the business strategy on that virtual first leasing cycle versus many of my friends that are still leasing in the state of California, they're 100% virtual first still. And so I think it's a very different dynamic in that regard. And I think this is something both of you touched on. There's a lot of new technology right now in the market. You can 100% humanless lease a property. And I think you're seeing some organizations grab that as their value proposition. And they say, we've adopted technology and business strategy to displace the human. And they're going all in with that value proposition. And then you're seeing people say, well, we're going to be people first and we're going to have a human centric organization. We'll use technology to prop up our people. And I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic over the next 12 to 24 months, especially for you as you're looking to grow and expand, because we're in the early days of seeing the results of that technology. So I, I still think there is a beautiful blended opportunity to use both to do it well. But I think that's going to be one of the future duels is going to be which one wins or is it both? And I think it's going to be both. I'm interested to see which of the technologies survives as things start to open back up to things that people ran to and thought were going to be so essential now that, you know, there's a local industry colleague of mine that did a poll on LinkedIn recently asking uh, what was the most in-demand tour option for prospects. And you would think that it would be virtual or self-guided, but people still want that in-person interaction with leasing consultants. So it's going to be interesting to see what shapes out post-pandemic from all of this new prop tech that came about. You're, you're spot on. And I mean, you both touched through it throughout the recording today, but I'm I'm renting for the first time in about 10 years right now while we build a home here in Utah. I just relocated my family to join Rent Dynamics about six months ago. And it's been so interesting going through the leasing process with a portfolio and all the things I was told and promised as a prospect. And now being several months into being a resident, the amenities and the values that I actually enjoy, that my little kids enjoy, are so different than the ones that I was actually sold on and and talked about up front during that marketing and leasing cycle. And I think that's where technology and human really have to partner to make renewals more predictable. I think you really need to make sure you're blending 
blending both. But I think that's going to be the reality of this future is last year was a record amount of capital, 7.3 billion of capital invested into prop tech, our industry. And as we see probably a, a bigger year this year from a, a tech standpoint, seeing what is a, a trend and what's really going to be a lasting strategy for the industry. It's a fun time to be in multifamily. Absolutely. Well, I think this was a fun conversation. I had a blast getting to know both of you, and I can guarantee that people are going to want to connect with you personally or to learn more about WPM. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with Becky and Brent or to learn more about WPM? So for WPM, you can go to our website at WPMLLC.com. You can send an email to info at WPMLLC.com. For me personally, you can reach out to me uh, via my work email, which is B as in boy and my last name, G-R-A-T-T-O-N at WPMLLC.com. And for those of you uh, who may be listening to this that are developers, investors, anything like that, uh, we would be happy to have a conversation with you. Uh, about your project, even if it's just to bounce ideas off of, off of us or uh, look at your blueprints, which is something that we do uh, on a regular basis as a part of our pre-development process, we would love to work with you. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's actually how I got connected with Mike. So I'm super active there and I love connecting with other people that are passionate about the industry to share our experiences and knowledge and new ideas. Well, thank you both for committing the time today. This is surely going to be a great episode and I'll look forward to collaborating with you both in the future. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.